Hey, Bridgeway, we're so glad you're here. You know, we have not finished talking. <laughs> our, our clergy, we're having a great time talking about God's word, concepts that grow out of God's word, being with one another, though socially distant, we are still engaging in enough conversation that can not only help you and grow you, but it's helping us and it's growing us. So I wanna thank our clergy for teaching God's word. If you didn't know, we're in the middle of a series, almost coming to an end, but not yet, a series called God Wants Me to Share This with you. And I've asked each clergy just, what does God want you to share with us? Take five to seven minutes, share it, and then we'll have a conversation around it. So we're gonna continue that today, and we're gonna, well, start today with the Puerto Rican sensation. This is, this is <laughs> Pastor Eli Hernandez, one of our uh, great pastors, one of our, our really partnering with this brother has been uh, wind beneath not only my wings, the wings of this entire ministry. Amen. And so, you know, for years we've been partnered and together when he was a, a pastor in a church uh, in the city that we supported. And then God led him to come onto our clergy team. And I think all of us are more inspired <laughs> and uh, excited because we have a team member who we know not only can make us laugh, but he can also uh, make us look in God's word and he can also inspire us and challenge us to work really hard because he has such a strong work ethic and he has an amazing story uh, from which God has brought him and yet he turns it all around to give God the glory. And I guess it just empowers us, it impassions us. Thank you for preaching that word a couple of months ago from Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So brother Eli, come on up and preach this word of God, man. Go. Come on, give a better bell. Give, give a better one. If we're going to do this, let's give it right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Anderson, for this opportunity and, and, and for the love. I was thinking about, you know, a lot of people have a sign in their front door that says, welcome home. Yeah. A lot of people are not too welcoming. You lock there and they're, what are you doing here? What do you want? You know, <laughs> but, but you had a sign that said, welcome home to me. And I feel welcome since day yeah. one. Um, thank you so much, sir. Bridge Ray, what is up? I, I want to talk to you for a moment. Um, I want to tell you, I want to start and tell you that my heart is heavy. Um, my heart is troubled. My, my heart is disturbed with everything that I have seen on social media and everything that I have seen going on in this world. I have spent the last few months observing everything that is going on, and, and it's just not good. It bothers my spirit. I haven't said much, um, but trust me, I've been watching. My mama said that if I don't have anything good to say, just sh shut your mouth. And so I haven't said much, but I've been watching. Uh, I have seen too many proclaiming Christians or proclaiming believers live out in a way that is divisive and destructive to the kingdom of God. And it bothers me. It bothers me because I ask myself, where is the peace of Christ? Where, where is the fruit of the Spirit? Do we not understand that our battle is against, it's not against, it's, it's against flesh and blood? Not against flesh and blood, but against principalities? Mm, yeah. Don't you understand that you're not the enemy? Don't you understand that I'm not worried about you? There is a greater enemy that is trying to destroy the body of Christ. Mm. 
And so we keep thinking that it's a white thing, a brown thing, a black thing, an Asian thing, or whatever the situation is, and we don't realize that that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It is a spiritual thing, and the Word of God teaches us that we live in this world, and we're not from this world, and so therefore there is a greater battle that we're not seeing. We're limiting the peace of God. We're limiting the presence of God. We're limiting the power of God anytime we think that it is about another human being. John 10.10 says that the enemy come to rob, to kill, and to destroy. But then Jesus says, but I came to give you life and give you life more abundantly. Less more to life than what you have right now. I plead you, I plead you to open up your spiritual eyes and discern, as scripture says in 1 John 4.1, it says that, that we must discern all the spirits, discern what is the agenda of the enemy to try to destroy you. Discern what is the agenda that is really out there to try to take you out, to try to divide the body of Christ, to try to divide this world. Mm-hmm. Ah, God is leading me to talk to you about spiritual maturity for a moment. Mm-hmm. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, he says, when I was a child, mm-hmm. I talked like a child. I, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Mm-hmm. Not anybody else, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Yesterday, I, I, I had the privilege of celebrating my daughter's 17th birthday. And as I reflected on her 17 years, I have seen her become a strong disciple of Christ and a mature young lady. But, but it wasn't always like that. I remember when she was growing up, she had to learn how to talk. She had to learn how to walk. She had to learn how to think. And, and she had to learn how to reason. She didn't like certain foods, so we used to play a game. It was called, mmm, que rico. And so we used to kind of take the food and, and stir it up for her and go, mmm, que rico, and play all this food. And, and she would eat it and she would go, mmm, que rico. Well, one day we, we went to pick her up at the daycare and the teachers were laughing. And when the teachers were laughing at the daycare, I said, like, what's going on? They was like, your daughter is something else. I was like, what? She just said, it was nap time. And all the kids were sleeping and I went and got my Burger King and I took a bite And the only thing I heard was some little kids say, mmm, que rico. (laughs) Why do I say that? I say because sometimes we think that our maturity level is actually growing, but what we're actually doing is learned behavior. Mm -hmm. We think we're actually growing, but what we're doing is repeating what other people say. Hmm. We think we're actually growing, but our thoughts are not necessarily our thoughts. Where did you inherited your thoughts? Where did you inherited your words? Where did you inherited your reason? You see, some of us get our life completely is completely formed by the way we talk, the way we think, and the way we reason. I want to talk to you about the way you talk. As many of you have heard, um, I had a difficult childhood in my in the upbringing, and when I got into my discipleship, one of the first things that I had to be taught was how to talk and when to talk. Mm-hmm. And my spiritual pastor taught me, he says, you never be the first person to talk when you enter into a new room because you have the opportunity to listen to somebody else. He says, in the multiples of words, there is no lack of sins. And he tells me that a gentle answer uh, turns away wrath. But then he also taught me that, that, uh, uh, the, about the power of the tongue. Mm-hmm. You see, and then he told me that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when I hear you talking, let me tell you, I can see a lot about what's really going on in your heart. Watch yeah. the way you talk. Watch what comes out 
of your mouth. The second thing that Paul says that, that in an area that we must grow is the way we think. Romans, I love Romans 12 too. It says, do not conform mm -hmm. to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. There is so much more that's happening in the world and you can get easily stuck. See, I am Puerto Rican, but I, but, but I don't really, not that I don't care about being Puerto Rican, but before I am Puerto Rican, I am a child of God. Yes. I am a son of the king and I have a spiritual heritage and my constitution is actually the word of Christ. I said this before, I love Christ more than the USA. Christ is my destination. Christ is my direction. Christ is my inspiration. Christ and the mission and the assignments established by Christ is what I ought to live, breathe, and think. I was at a house party one time, and um. Oh, when this is when I was a young guy and, and all my buddies, <laughs> just to very clarify, Last week. <laughs> and all my buddies was telling me, oh, this, this girl was coming to this party and she, she was all cute and hot and all this different stuff. But they told me, oh, but she's stuck up and she's no good. She doesn't give anybody play. And by the time she got to the party, I had an attitude with her and I didn't even know her. <laughs> so when she came and she looked at me, I said, let me look at me. And I gave her some, gave her some lip and talked back at her for no reason whatsoever, only because my buddies had influenced the way I was thinking about her. After the party was over, her best friend came over to me and said, you messed up. I said, why? I said, because she was checking you out and you just messed up by letting other people influence the way you think. Mm. Uh -huh. Watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Mm. Watch your actions, because they become habits. Mm. Watch your habits, because they become character. Mm. And watch your character, because they become your destiny. Mm. And lastly, Paul says, when I was a child, I thought, I, I talked, I thought, and then he said, I reasoned. The definition of reason is reasoning is the action of thinking about something in a logical and sensible way. For, for believers, it's discernment. You have to kind of realize that our reasoning is highly influenced by our culture, by our education, by our up upbringing and by our, our life experience. But it is the word of God through the Holy Spirit that makes us rich and mature and, and solid and foundational. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says the following. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your way. Acknowledge him and he will direct your path. If you want reasoning, it's not based on anything that you already know. It has nothing to do with your culture. It has nothing to do with your education. It has nothing to do with your upbringing. Yes, it kind of shapes you in a human sense, but at the end of the day, it's really the spirit of God that gives you wisdom, that gives you knowledge, that gives you understanding, that, that gives you revelation, that gives you uh, the ability to enter into different dimensions and, and connect with different people and engage in ways that you and I don't understand. Reason in the Holy Spirit. Let the maturity of Christ lead you in and take you into new dimensions. I, I've heard it best. It says new levels, new devils. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the awesome thing is when I face new devils, that's because the presence of God has given me the power and the authority to yeah. be able to sustain whatever comes my way. Yes. Love you and God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor.
I appreciate that word on spiritual maturity and what we need to do in order to press in and discern. I'm going to ask Minister Tracy Tiernan to lead our discussion, Tracy. So I am going to put you on the spot as we reflect <laughs> on this word that uh, Pastor Eli has dropped on us. Yeah, thank you. Um, Pastor Eli, what a word. Thank you so much for that. Um, your first point about the spiritual battle, exposing that the real enemy is the enemy of our souls, is Satan. Can you tell me about a time personally in your life or tell us about a time personally in your life where you knew it was a person and you were focused on the people and God had to show you that you had to peel it back and reveal the real enemy? To be honest with you, it happens all the time still. Yeah. I have to remind myself pretty often that it's not, that you're not the enemy. You know, sometimes my human nature kicks in it happens, you know, you catch an attitude, somebody gets in front of the vehicle and you kind of just, God bless you, brother, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> or or what happened, whatever happens. So I think in our human nature, um, I think it happens daily, mm -hmm. but I also have to remind myself daily that, that, that we are in a spiritual battle mm -hmm. and that you are not my enemy and that there is something greater out happening that sometimes we have to see. Yeah. And the only way we can see it is by being sensitive to the spirit of God. Mm. Uh, but I had a, uh, my, my mentor from many years ago told me that he used to use the illustration. There was two dogs inside of him. One was spiritual and one was carnal and they got into a fight. And so you ask him, so which one wins? And he says, the one I feed the most. Ooh. Right. Wow. And wow. so, so as right. you feed yourself spiritually and you open up your heart and your spirit to, to whatever God is doing, that's the one that's going to win. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Ooh, that's good stuff. So, uh, clergy, what do you guys think? Do you have any comments or reflections or questions? Yeah, I have a, I have a question for you. First of all, thanks for the passion, brother, and the straight-up word. Um, when we're talking about who the enemy is, you've heard it said that we should attack the problem, not the person. I've said that many times. How do we do that? How do we actually attack the problem without attacking the person? Can you clue us in a little bit? How do you do it? I, I've made a lot of mistakes in my years of life. I think I, 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 always, I, I always say that I don't boast about my mistakes, but I'm not ashamed of them either. Mm. Um, and um, I used to have a lot of anger problems. Mm. And I was real quick to snap at people. And the Holy Spirit called Jossie, my wife, <laughs> check me one time. And she said, um, don't you realize that you've hurt the people that you love the most, you've hurt with your words. And that hit me like a, like a ton of bricks. Like I didn't realize, like I was letting my anger kind of react instead of pull back. And I don't know how the Holy Spirit used my wife that day, but what I do know is that from that moment forward, I was able to learn how to self-reflect. And so when I catch a certain attitude, I ask myself, where is this coming from? You know, why am I feeling this way towards this person? Or why am I feeling this way? Why do I cop an attitude when they walk into the room or whatever the situation is? And so by self-reflection, I'm also able to deflate from the situation, you know, and then pull back. Now, sometimes I might not be ready to engage with you instantly and have a be, be, be best friends, but I also might not be part of the problem either. And so sometimes just sip it up, pull back, you know, and if I'm not ready to talk to you in a constructive way, you know, then I'm just not going to talk to you. That doesn't mean I won't come back to it, but it needs to be edifying because that's really what Christ wants us to do is to build each other up. Mm -hmm. well, that's, good. Mm -hmm. yeah. that's good. Yeah. 
What do you think? Anybody else? We've, we've heard a lot about de-escalation of, of tense situations recently. And so you're talking about de-escalating personal situations. I mean, the same, the same principle works, doesn't it, in any kind of conflict? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Pastor Eli, I wanted to share as well that um, when, for example, you're talking about that house party long, long time ago. Many years ago. Yes. Long time ago. <laughs> um, and people filling your head Gosh. with gossip about someone. Right. I think this happens all the time. Yeah. Doesn't seem no matter how old we get and we find ourselves in situations where you have a choice to participate in that. And, and basically when you're doing that, you're conspiring with the enemy. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm because it's the enemy that wants us to be talking about one another. Yeah. Um, and, and so can you give us some, some help, some tools of things that we can do in the event that we are presented with talk about someone? So I don't recommend this to anybody, but I do have one of my things. <laughs> one of the thing I do is if I hear somebody talking to me about somebody, yeah. I bring that person to the other person. And I say, look what this person said in front of yeah. you. And I said, so let's talk this out right here. Wow. Because I, I, I've come, I don't recommend it to everybody, <laughs> but I feel like if somebody talks to you about somebody, it's a matter of time besides they talk to you, to somebody about you. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't have time for that. I've made a decision in my life that I want to live pure. I want to live right. Dr. Anderson has challenged me. I talked to him because he's always so positive. And he's, one time he said, he says, I've chose, I've choose positivity. He told me, you know, and that really challenged me because I was like, I never thought about that as a choice. You know, I just choose to be a positive spirit, a positive person, you know. So the same thing is I just choose to not allow any negative people or situations around me. Now, that doesn't mean they don't come, but when they come, I shut it down instantly because I don't have time to, I could do bad all by myself. <laughs> you know? I already have my own demons and my own struggles to let you to influence mine right now. No, keep it to yourself, save the drama for your mama, you know, and let God do what he wants to do in my life and take me to where he wants to go. There is purpose and destiny that I can't let anybody else influence, Man. you know? That's good stuff. Hey, so did anything ever happen with the girl at the party? Man, I messed that one up. <laughs> <laughs> but thank God, because God gave me a beautiful wife you today. Go. Hallelujah. That's Amen. It. That's it, man. That's the right answer, man. Thank you so much for the word of God. Man. We are not done yet. We're just getting started. Thank you, uh, Pastor Eli, for God's word. We all have to grow up. And he told us just how to do that, especially in the context of what's going on in our culture, it really exposes where you are maturity-wise, doesn't it? Mm. People who you thought were more spiritually mature, you begin to see maybe they're not as mature as you thought, or worse, you thought you were more mature. Mm. And you realize, wow, I still have some growing to do. Well, we probably all have mm. some growing to do. And this is why I'm so happy to have a man who continues to grow in his faith. He continues to challenge uh, us with his questions, with his curiosity. And he has great influence on me because of the, not only the questions that he asks, but because whenever we travel together or whenever we are together, he's always taking notes, he's always learning, and he's always contributing uh, from his heart, from his mind, and from his experiences. And that is Minister David Heiliger. I, I couldn't be more happy uh, than to introduce him to some of you and to present him to others of you. Minister David Heiliger, welcome, my brother. Thank you, thank All right, you. David. So I want you to think back over the past couple of months. 
And I want you to think about a moment, okay? A moment in your life where you realized that you are not okay. The moment over the past couple of months where you realized you're not fine, you're not good, you're not okay. I want you to think about what were you doing? What was happening? What were you seeing? Was it right after you saw a video, your eyes were glued to a screen and you were looking at something that was so traumatic that you know you'll never forget it for the rest of your life? Was it when something got canceled that you were really looking forward to that you'll never get back? Hmm. This is just lost. Maybe you got news of somebody who died. You lost something or someone. Maybe it was when you were panic buying. You were loading your car full of supplies, you know, just in case. What were you doing when you realized that you're not okay? I'm wondering what, what your reaction was. Did you break down? Did you freeze up? Did you let those emotions just wash over you like a wave? What did it feel like when that happened? I wonder, maybe I'm almost more curious about what you did after that. Because it's not like the next morning you woke up and you hit the reset button and everything went back to how it was, right? When you woke up, you were still overwhelmed. You were still feeling feeling feelings of fear or, or worry or, or, or overwhelm or, or, uh, or anxiety or pain. You are still in that reality because this is our reality and this is overwhelming. But here we are. I wonder for you, what was your feeling of release? because you were feeling stressed. And I think you've seen a lot of people in your networks deal with that stress in all sorts of different ways, right? What's your release? What's your escape? Are you binge watching endless Netflix, (laughs) scrolling through social media like it's your job? (laughs) Maybe you're, you're playing hours of video games. Maybe you're lashing out at people as a way to get a release. Maybe you're getting lost in a moment of pleasure with somebody or maybe somebody you don't want to admit. Maybe you got retail therapy. What's your release? What's your stress reliever? Because all of us are trying to figure out what do I do with this pressure in my life, on my heart? I don't know how to deal with this. Nobody's ever taught me how to deal with this. I'm not fine. I'm not fine. And then Jesus comes along. He says something like this in John 16, 33. I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. Peace. In me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. He knew it. He knew this day was coming. Mm -hmm. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Peace to your stress, peace to your worry, Peace to your anxiety, peace to the pain, peace to the pressure, peace to the overwhelm. Jesus has come not just to relieve our stress. He has come to bring us peace. Now, stress relief isn't a bad thing. But God might be trying to give you something so much greater than a brief moment of stress relief. Mm. He wants to give you his peace, and we've been settling for something much less. Mm -hmm. So I want to give you two ways to see the difference between what a stress reliever can offer you and what the peace achiever can offer you. 
All right, so let's start off with, with the first. A stress reliever, we're running away. But a peace achiever gives us something to run toward. Reactionary flight is natural when something unexpected threatens you or the people that you love. There's danger, though, in getting stuck in running away. And some of us have been running away for a long, long time. And we just keep on running. You know, it's kind of like those old horror movies, right? Where the kids are out in the woods and there's some crazy freaky Jason character running after them. Well, walking after them. That's the scary part, right? Yeah, right. And he's walking and every time they look back, he's still there. And they keep running and running and they look back and he's still there. And we keep running and running and we keep running away. And you and I, we keep running away from the thing that is chasing us, but we can never seem to get away. Are you just running away because... That's not what God wants for you. Part of transitioning from just looking to relieve stress to really pursuing and achieving peace is identifying something bigger than ourselves that we can begin to run toward. And as believers, we're told often that there is a finish line that we're running toward. Mm -hmm. And who's at that finish line? Jesus. Mm -hmm. And we keep our eyes fixed on him and we run toward him as fast as we possibly can. So are you running towards something or are you running away? The next thing, the stress reliever or peace achiever, a stress reliever is good while it lasts, but the peace achiever lasts because he is good. There's so many things that we do to try to deal with our stress that give instant gratification. Sometimes we can be so exhausted emotionally that we want to put in the least amount of effort for the biggest payoff, right? But we need to be aware if that thing that was good while it lasted leaves us feeling worse than when, it's, when we started. Maybe we're feeling uh, lost. Maybe we're just left feeling alone or empty. That should be a red flag to us if the thing that we are hoping brings us relief just leaves us feeling worse than when we started. And although the peace achiever might not give us that immediate release that we felt like we were craving, you'll be glad in the long run because you pursued and you built and you clung to a goodness that lasts. Restoration, right? Not more destruction in your life. And you have the power to choose one or the other. We're reminded in Philippians 4 to have our minds pursue whatever is true and noble and pure and lovely and right and admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. This isn't just religious advice. This is giving us something to lock ourselves into because God knows what will bring us true peace. Not just a stress reliever, but a peace achiever. So the things that you are doing are they just a stress reliever or are they the peace achiever? Running toward Jesus, our peace achiever in times like these, is where we find this mysterious intersection between what we see tangibly, we see it every day around us, we feel it every day around us, and what we cannot see. That intersection between what we can see and what we can't see. This is a place filled with faith and hope. We don't slip into a world of denial where we act like this isn't really happening to us. It's just that while believing in what, by, by believing what we can see, we also believe in what we cannot see. 
We are people that believe in Jesus who said he came to bring us peace and that the same Jesus promises to bring us healing. He has promised to bring justice. He has promised to put things right. And we believe in that Jesus. Mm -hmm. Now, it's our trust in him that gives us hope when the brokenness is the real, of this world is the reality of our today. But what promises has Jesus said that we need to latch on to and claim because we will trust him as our peace achiever and not just run to things that will run, run, run away from us? I'm reminded of Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace those who mi whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. The Lord, the Lord our God is the rock eternal. Amen. Wow, thank you Amen. so much, David uh, Heiliger. There seems to be a healthy way of dealing with stress and maybe uh, an unhealthy way, and you're trying to help us in a time of stress in our lives to say there, there's something that is better. Listen, I'm gonna call on our minister, Ronald Green, to host our conversation just for the next couple of minutes. I'd love your, first, your response to this, and would you just lead us into a conversation for a couple minutes? Most definitely. David, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Man, it was great. That was a long step. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, and um, I love the fact that even last week, God was causing us to think about his peace. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this week, we come right back into it. And through you, he's talking about his peace. Um, I wonder what you feel like specifically God is saying and what God wants from us as far as peace is related. Even in this church, it just, it just seems like, you know, this keeps coming up. Mm -hmm. So what, what does that say to you? Yeah. I think it's, it's having people around us. I think when you talk about us as a church, I think it's having people around us mm. that we can be honest and say, I'm not okay. Yeah. yeah. Right? That only comes through community. And mm. when you experience the type of community where you see your brother is hurting, where, you, where your brother sees that you're hurting and you can be that vulnerable, honest person and not try to put on the mask that says everything's fine. Hmm. In that place of brokenness, then we can minister to one another exactly. to really highlight the peace that God has. I'm so glad you said that. Um, so we're like the young bucks of this whole group here. <laughs> it is what it is, but I thank God. I just want to say are. personally, I thank God uh, that I could have that even in you and we can have that in, ch in each other Amen. as far as the conversations that we've had and continue to have. Um, mm -hmm. And thanks a lot for this word. Yeah. Um, uh, just what kind of conversations have y'all had? Um, so <laughs> glad you brought that up. So, uh, <laughs> well, you brought it up. Right. <laughs> um, so uh, Dave and I uh, talk on a regular basis. Um, we actually have this thing that, that I like to call, we, we have our, um, uh, what is it? Um, bridging the divide. What, letters what is, across le the divide. Letters across the divide conversation. There you go. Um, uh, it, you know, a book that you and another white brother um, had conversations and created a book. But um, I believe that even in this day and age, 
we need to have those conversations in our generation and in mm. our time. So um, I'm just letting you guys in on it. Like we, we normally just have conversations about that and seeing what God says to us in this time. So yeah, yeah. as the young bucks rising up, that's yeah. what we do. And <laughs> even as we've been uh, planning and preparing and rolling out our Gracism Roundtables, Ronald has been a sounding board to me to make sure I'm not just viewing this pursuit through the lens of a white man, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Because that's not who we're trying to draw only into the discussion. This is a discussion for all of us. Exactly. And Ronald makes sure that I don't just get locked into my monocultural perspective, <laughs> right? And he is able to be the person behind a perspective for me that I know and love and care about. Praise God, man. Mm. Appreciate you. Um, any, Gary, you got some? Yeah. I, I was thinking about the synergy between what Minister Dave was sharing and what you shared, Minister Ronald, a couple of weeks ago. Interesting. Yeah. And I was thinking about in this idea of stress relief, mm. hmm. we're not good at lament mm. and we demand relief. We're better at anger than we are at lament. Mm. And we pick at that scab mm. rather than allow for the healing, which is mm. the metaphor you use, allow right. that healing to take place. So part of what I got personally was when you're not okay, sit in it. Mm. Sit in it with Christ and with trusted friends because that's the process whereby which you receive the peace of Christ. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Just a thought. Sure. Thanks. And I think when, when we look at those wounds and those open wounds, what you were talking about with it being covered with a scab, right? Covered by the mm. blood. Mm. Right. Sometimes we need to let things sit and just let it be covered by the blood mm. of Good. Jesus mm -hmm. and not look to fix it too quickly. Mm. Amen. Amen. Minister Jen. Um, <clears throat> coming from the old guy to the young bucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> more I listen to what peace is, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, um, because I'm in a counseling field, you know, I talk about anxiety and stress and all of that. But more I look into the scripture, you know, we could define peace in many, many different ways. Uh, Pastor Gary has talked about the shalom concept and, and all of that. But uh, for me, I think peace is not a state of mind. I mean, we could look at that, certainly. But to me, nowadays, it's more of peace as being a person hmm. and Jesus Christ hmm. when you are when you are with him uh, when you are sitting next to him um, to me that is that is a shalom that is a peace um, and uh, so you know here we are we're trying to find peace uh, meditations um, you know mind mindless uh, kind of thing and all of that stuff but looking through the Psalms you know those people the, the, those godly leaders they're you know they're saying Lord where are you you know I'm dying you know I can't find you I mean, they're struggling yet they they're always trying to bring themselves before God or the Christ so for me the peace is that that personal relationship with Jesus Christ Amen. Does it sound boring? I mean, I no, know. Not, not at all. all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't there's nothing, there is nothing yeah. boring yeah. about the gospel. Yeah. Okay. Minister I, Jin, you are everything but boring. Let's oh, just be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, anybody else have something? Yes. Yeah, Dave, I, I was just curious and wondering as you were speaking, you were talking about opting for uh, fast fixes or looking at the long term in terms of the, the peace that, that Christ would, uh, can give us. And it seems like it's easier to make good decisions about opting for the long term when there's not a lot of external pressure. Mm. <laughs> um, right. But when you're in the moment and you're, you're desperate for something, um, do you have any thoughts about how, how we discipline ourselves or if there are any sorts of mental or emotional triggers that we can use to redirect our thoughts in those moments to thinking in the long term rather than opting for whatever is quick and easy and handy. Yeah. Well, I think it was revealed to a lot of us in these moments, in these past months, where we run to when things get difficult, mm -hmm. right? Because we've gone to the things that we have gone to. And those that have turned right to the Lord and gone straight for him, it's, that reveals a lifestyle of doing that in the small things, mm. right? So mm. let's say you're the type of person that hasn't been running to the Lord in the difficult things, and now you have this massive stress, this massive pain that you have to, to, to deal with. Now's such a good time, right? So now is the time to take a moment to not act, but to sit and wait, like Pastor Eli was saying, and, and take the time to have that reflexive, um, I've thought about the, the difference between when you go to a doctor and they mm. say, oh, your, your body's reacting to the medication. Reacting, that's not a good thing. But if it's your body's really responding to the medication, mm. there's, mm. Some, there's some great things happening, right? So how do we move from reaction to response? Amen. Mm -hmm. And not just let ourselves react to the situation around us, mm. but to take a pause and to really figure out how do I respond? right here and right now. Yeah. Also, uh, just want to piggyback on that. Uh, our response, one of the things that can help our response is accountability. Um, if we can't do this life alone, and you got to ask yourself, even in these hard seasons, who are you accountable to? And who's accountable to you? Like, uh, I, I just know that even the, these times, even as we talked about our relationship, in these times of like uh, racial tension, who are you accountable to? Are you just going by yourself and having these thoughts or are you processing them with somebody else? Yeah, um, yeah. Any, anybody else have, oh, go ahead, Tracy. Uh, there's uh, an example that I heard if you're fighting um, a battle with food, if you use food as a coping mechanism to soothe away your pain, mm. um, people will tell you one way to, to discipline yourself is to when you feel like you're hungry, to press pause and wait 20 minutes. And that a real, honest, authentic hunger where your body mm. needs fuel will still be there mm. after 20 minutes. Mm. Um, if it's really something else, if it's mere, maybe a spiritual hunger or something else that you're longing for, or just a way of running towards something that you should be running towards, mm -hmm. it'll go away. Mm. Isn't that interesting? I like yeah. that. I like yeah. that a lot. That's great. Pause 20 minutes. Pause 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. David, well, talk to me about how perseverance because that's really what you're talking about perseverance and peace are connected because we want peace again i think it's part of the culture we want an instant solution now how do you help people persevere to peace 
being okay with discomfort mm -hmm. Hmm. is something that's really difficult for us. Being okay with meditating on pain, being okay with sitting and recognizing that there's brokenness that maybe you've even created. Hmm. Understanding that the brokenness of the world around us is something that is our reality and just sitting in that is something that we're not trained to do. And so in, in this transition from just running to stress relief, we have our phones on us nonstop. Stress relief is really quick and easy for us. And to discipline and, and train ourselves mm. to be okay with some dis discomfort, I think is really important. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for that word. As I think about uh, Pastor Eli and spiritual maturity, and I think about how we're supposed to handle the stresses and the not being okay in our life and the nexus between the two of those to find, uh, to find the peace that Jesus is offering us and to find the spiritual growth and the connection that God wants to have with us. Maybe all that we've been going through as a culture would also be something that can personally drive you closer to the one who can fix all the things that are broken. And it may not be fixed in this moment, but he can indeed fix you. And uh, there's a, a song that my son shared with me so many years ago about, you know, Lord, fix me. And in a sense, all of us need to be fixed. The problem is when we try to fix each other and we try to fix all the problems in the world, we just don't have the capacity, nor do we have the capability to do what only God can do. So I'm so thankful for both of those words as well as for uh, the facilitation that has taken place. Might you take God's word today and might you integrate it into your life so that you would truly know the peace of Christ and even how to grow in him so you can be mature enough to make the right decisions and to even sit in sometimes what may feel like brokenness. And then the one who comes in, he brings something that no one else can bring. No law can bring it, no politician can bring it, no preacher can bring it, but God can bring it. You know what it is? Healing. Hmm. Only God can bring the healing that you need and that I need. Why don't we go to him in prayer right now and before I do, let me just remind you, next week you don't want to miss it. We're not done yet, but we're almost done. And I think next week you're going to be pretty surprised on how all of this ends. Well, I don't know how it's going to end, so then I guess I'm going to be surprised too. <laughs> Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our healer. And so we turn to you and we just say, thank you, Lord, for being our Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord is our healer. Would you heal our nation? heal our land, heal our hearts. And for those who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, just ask him to come into your heart and to heal you from sin and to give you a relationship with him. Mm. Say, dear Jesus, I invite you into my heart, into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. Now help me understand what all that means in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.